Soft Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age, sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. This is Lisa Nearing from Turner Homeschool Academy. You're going to lead our Soft Skills 101 program off with what is considered to be the most important soft skill of them all, communication skills. As parents and homeschoolers, we know just how important communication skills are. How easy is it to mess up communication? About as easy as these whacked out translations. From English to Russian and back to English again. Out of sight, out of mind ended up being invisible idiot. And from English to Japanese and back to English again. To be or not to be, that is the question from Hamlet ended up being it is, it is not, what is it? Or as George Bernard Shaw has said, the single biggest problem with communication is the illusion that it's actually taken place. In this episode, we are going to define what communication is go over four types of communication, and talk about how to improve your own communication skills and train your kiddos to be rock star communicators. That's a lot for one small podcast show, so let's get started. Communication is both an art and a science. An art because there's no one way to communicate. Communication is fluid based on our personalities, language, thought patterns, and learning styles, and there are no set rules about what to do, what not to do. But communication is also a science. There's actually empirical data that can show us what makes effective communication and how to improve our communication abilities. Take a minute and think of the two best communicators you know. You might even have a favorite here on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Chances are they're articulate, easily understandable, clear, concise, and personable. Now, contrast them. They're just as likely to have two completely different styles, mannerisms, and personalities. While they both might be amazing communicators, The manner in which they communicate can be radically different. Art and science. It's a winning combo. There are four main types of communication. Verbal, written, nonverbal, and emotional. Let's look a little deeper at verbal communication, which has been ranked as first among job candidates must-have skills and qualities, according to a survey by the National Association of Colleges and Employees. Recitation used to be a regular part of one's education, where verbally delivering facts was relevant and recitating in an engaging way highly valued. Students used to memorize poems, scriptures, hymns, ditties, nursery rhymes, math, and history facts. Not only did this give people a solid educational base, but it also taught them the skills necessary to communicate verbally, regardless of their personal shyness or education level. In addition, it gave them a wide base of interesting things to talk about. I'm a huge believer in memory work, so much so that we offer classical memory and more through True North Homeschool Academy. Do you guys remember that scene from Laura Ingalls Wilder's math recitation in the Little Town on the Prairie book? Laura, as a 15-year-old, does math sums in her head. Math sums like this, 2,689 divided by 16. She also parses and diagrams complicated sentences verbally, and she recites half the history of the United States from memory. In addition, she mentions that everyone that she knows has the Declaration of Independence memorized and recites it yearly at the town's 4th of July celebration. While public recitation still exists, one must be intentional about finding opportunities or creating them. Recitation, in my mind, is one of the best ways to teach your kids verbal skills. Written communication. Let's talk about that for a minute. I'm going to read a couple memos to you first. The memo from the director general to the manager. Today at 11 o'clock, there will be a total eclipse of the sun. This is where the sun disappears behind the moon for two minutes. 
as this is something that cannot be seen every day, time will be allowed for employees to view the eclipse in their car park. Staff should meet in the car park at 10 to 11, where I will deliver a short speech introducing the eclipse and giving some background information. Safety goggles will be made available at a small cost. Now the memo from the manager to the department head. Today at 10 to 11, all staff should meet in the car park. This will be followed by a total eclipse of the sun, which will disappear for two minutes. For a moderate cost, this will be made safe with goggles. The director general will deliver a short speech beforehand to give us all some background information. This is not something that can be seen every day. Now a memo from the department head to the floor manager. The director general will today deliver a short speech to make sure that the sun disappears for two minutes in the eclipse. This is something that can't be seen every day, so staff will meet in the car park at 10 or 11. This will be safe if you pay a moderate cost. The memo from the floor manager to the supervisor. 10 or 11 staff are to go to the car park where the director general will eclipse the sun for two minutes. This doesn't happen every day. It will be safe, but it's going to cost you. Memo from the supervisor to the staff. Some staff will go to the car park today to see the director general disappear. It's a pity this doesn't happen every day. As a long-time homeschooler who started and run various class days and co-ops, it's always intrigued me that teaching writing was one of the top stressors for homeschooling mamas. I think part of this has to do with the fact that intuitively, we all know that written communication is part art and part science. We have a really difficult time distinguishing between the skills or the science of writing, in other words, the form or the structure, and the art of writing, in other words, the style. Since some of this is actually subjective and determined by literary genre and cultural influence, we find ourselves at a standstill when it comes to what to teach and what to critique grade. There's some great writing curriculums on the market that teach both form and style, and we'll talk about some of those in our show notes. Thirdly, nonverbal communication. Nonverbal communication can include body movements such as hand gestures, nodding or shaking one's head, posture, how one sits or stands, their arms or legs crossed, etc., eye movement, which also conveys a level of trust and trustworthiness between people, a game you might play with your kids is to display nonverbals and have them tell you what they think it conveys and vice versa. For example, sit with your arms crossed, pretend you're biting your nails, tap or drum your fingers, touch your nose or your hair, put your hand on your cheek or your head on the table, rub your hands together briskly, or place your fingertips together. And then lastly, emotional communication. This has to do with correctly identifying how we feel, when to express our feelings to whom and how much. Nonverbals can be taught to even very young children by teaching them to identify their emotions and talking about when it's appropriate to display or put aside emotions. First of all, you can teach even very young children to identify their emotions and how to go about expressing them. When your child expresses an emotion, help them label it as they're experiencing it. Oftentimes, we are conveying attitudes or beliefs that are, are unintended, but with some simple naming of emotions, feelings, and expressions, conflict can be avoided. Secondly, teach your children to take a pause or time out so that they can get the space they need to calm themselves down. Teach your kids self-soothing behaviors, deep breaths, being mindful of where they are and who they're with, etc. And then acknowledge your child's perspective and empathize with them. Even if you can't do anything about your child's upset, let your child know that they're not alone, that their feeling is just that, a feeling. Listen to their feelings. Fourth, allow expression of emotion, but draw a distinction between your child's feelings and their expression of those feelings. And then fifth, 
teach problem solving and critical thinking, and help your child identify and know the difference between feeling, emotion, and truth. So that's a lot already, just the four types of communication. Now what goes into effective communication? First of all, our ability to push the pause button and be mindful of ourselves and others. Secondly, being aware of our own nonverbal communication. Third, understanding what engaged and active listening entails. We're going to spend an entire podcast on this skill. Fourth, the capacity to communicate with that rare and beautiful combination of self-confidence and humility. And fifth, the ability to identify and understand one's own emotions and others. That can seem like a tall order, and it is. Being an effective communicator demands that we grow in maturity and wisdom. In today's digital age of soundbite quick offense, non-existence grammar, and acronym communication, you rarely hear these words anymore. But the bottom line is that excellent communication demands that we grow emotionally and spiritually so that we can objectively consider ourselves and others, show compassion and empathy, and listen with the goal to understand, not simply to be heard or express ourselves. To effectively communicate, we have to put down our digital devices, make eye contact, and be committed to the irritation and difficulty that dealing with real humans demands. Putting down our digital devices and often putting down our egos as well. Tall orders all around. So let's get down to brass tacks. What skills can we develop in ourselves and our kids that will allow us to grow as communicators? Well, start with the basics. Teach your kids how to introduce somebody. Include verbal, nonverbal, and emotional communication. Teach them to make eye contact, shake hands, use first and last names briefly, and share something personal about the people you're introducing. Formality is always appropriate and sets a tone of respect. Introduce younger to older. Josie, this is Miss Audra. She's a smoothie maker extraordinaire. Miss Audra, Josie, she's the world's best babysitter. Have an upbeat, pleasant tone of demeanor. An introduction is the way most interactions begin, and you can become an influencer simply by crafting thoughtful introductions that allow people to connect either briefly or as lifelong friends. Teach your kids the art of small talk. This is a lost art as you see people with their heads down, phones in hands, soft digital glow reflecting off their features. Small talk requires interest in the world, one surrounding and other people. Small talk requires the ability to see others, recognize them, and create a polite atmosphere of general inquiry. It costs very little and can reap some amazing conversations and connections in life. If you aren't sure where to start with small talk, ask general questions such as about the weather, where people are from, where they met their significant other from, etc. Practice with your kids. You can even use puppets and conversation prompts, or simply role-play with your kids as if you were strangers. When engaging in small talk, listen well, answer and ask questions, nod to show interest, track with what your speaker is saying. Don't forget to pause, consider, reflect, and ask follow-up questions. Small talk is like tennis. There is a volley of conversation back and forth. So have a friendly, friendly, appropriate tone, make occasional eye contact, speak clearly and concisely, and have a demeanor of friendly approachability. Third, teach good manners. Require kids to make eye contact when spoken to and respond in full sentences. Teach your kids to reply with please, thank you, and excuse me. Teach, model, and expect gratitude from your children. Technology serves people, not the other way around. Look for opportunities to offer genuine compliments. Take ownership for wrongdoing and apologize when appropriate. Share the good things that you have and treat others the way that you want to be treated. 
That's a lot of material. So let's overview what we've talked about again. First of all, there's four forms of communication. Verbal, written, nonverbal, and emotional. Secondly, effective communication consists of the following. Number one, our ability to push the pause button and be mindful of ourselves and others. Two, being aware of our own nonverbal communication. Three, understanding what engaged and active listening entails. Fourth, the capacity to communicate with that rare and beautiful combination of self-confidence and humility. Fifth, the ability to identify and understand one's own emotions and others. And then lastly, the basics of good communication are teaching our kids how to introduce themselves and others, teaching the art of small talk, and teaching basic good manners. Communicating effectively is undoubtedly a skill that must be practiced, reinforced, and learned about. How important are good communication skills? Well, Proverbs 25.11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. And Lehi Akoka admonishes, You can have brilliant ideas, but if you can't get them across, they won't get you anywhere. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Soft Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age, focusing on communication. Please join us next week for another episode talking about communication skills. We'd love it if you followed our podcast on iTunes and downloaded this podcast. And we invite you to join our Facebook group, Help Homeschooling High School, as well as Survive and Thrive Special Needs Homeschooling. Don't forget to visit our website, truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com, and please follow us on our Facebook page, Pinterest, Twitter, and Instagram accounts. This is Lisa Nearing with Soft Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age.